Welcome to my testimony, and、uh, today, Dawn, we have another beautiful episode coming up. Yeah, so very special person. Actually,、yeah. she's my what? My cousin-in-law. Cousin-in-law. Yeah. Member of the family.、Again. Member of the family. My cousin-in-law, all the way from Tennessee. All right, on the campus of、um, Southern University. Yeah, our favorite spot. So, just want to welcome to my testimony today, Shama, Shama Anthony. Welcome to my testimony. Thank you. Thank you. Get into today's testimony. Let's bow our heads for prayer.、Mm-hmm. Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful day and for life and for waking us up and for testimonies and for Shamer and her story.、Mm-hmm. We pray that as she shares with us today, that our souls be watered and that we be drawn closer to you, and that the words coming out of our mouth would be the words that you put on our heart.、Mm-hmm. That we all be blessed. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, Shamra. Let's start at the beginning. Tell us the country that you're from and all that jazz. <laughs> well, I am from Antigua and Barbuda, specifically Antigua. Yeah.、Um, I was born and raised there.、Um, typical young. Well, I was a little tomboy. Loved to climb mango trees. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>、um, and left when I was 16 because I graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. To go to、um, to college, and at that point, I、um, we were、um, we went to Canada. So my older sister and I went to Canada, and we in choosing it, it was very interesting. In choosing colleges, we would you know our parents didn't force us to to choose、um, an Adventist college or you know public. And at first, we were going to go to a public school,、mm-hmm. and in trying to find churches in the area. It was too difficult, so we just、oh, looked. Our sister and I looked at each other and said, "You know what? Let's just go the to Canadian University, University College, which is now Berman University."、Mm-hmm. And、um, so we went there, and because、um, you know it was much easier. Church was right there on campus. Right. You know, we didn't have to find a group of friends that would understand who we were, what、mm-hmm. we stood for,、um, and so we we chose to go. My older sister and I went together、um, to college. Um, and um, I graduated from CUC in well, a long time ago, nineteen ninety eight. Bachelor in psychology, and it was a great three years.、Um, I started when I was seventeen because I took another year off before I went.、Um, you know, leaving from the Caribbean, you're going into a different educational educational culture,、mm-hmm. and so I went to high school there for a year,、okay. which was good for me. Yes, and then. Then I went to college at seventeen. That was young.、Mm-hmm. Um, finished when I was twenty, and and I wanted to go to graduate school, but I felt the calling, God's calling, to um, for me to do a year a year abroad somewhere as a student missionary. Oh wow! And, and so I chose. I wanted to go to to Africa. 
Mm-hmm. And my, I called my mom and I told her, I told her, you know, I would like to go to Africa. And she said, um, do you know how far that is from home? <laughs> you know, also, we were already far away mm-hmm. in Canada, mm-hmm. all the way from Antigua. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, fine. Well, what about Europe? She said, that's still too far. Oh, wow. So, you know, I'm, my, my parents now had, had, we chose which school to go to. Mm. So, but I, you know, we, I like to run things by by them, you know, mm-hmm. just to talk to them. And so she said to me, um, I said, well, I found two schools in the U.S. One was in North, North Carolina and the other one was in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. And I said, so which one do you think I should go to? She said, well, you let God let you know which one to go to. I'm thinking, hold up. Oh, wow. Now you let me choose. I know, right? <laughs> wow. And she said, no, you let God choose. And I prayed about it. And I went to Union Springs Academy in upstate New York, oh, okay. which was not far away um, from, from Toronto, where my, where my, my, fa- my family lived, my parents lived at that time. Okay. Mm-hmm. They, had, they had, by that time, they had moved up from, from Antigua, my parents, mm-hmm. and they were living in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And so... It, it wasn't it wasn't far far away from them and um which was a good thing mm-hmm. um i was there for a year and you would think you're in the u.s and so it's easier to be a missionary in the u.s because you have everything to your hand mm. but in that town in springs there were only 500 people oh wow it's very small on the lake mm-hmm. cayuga mm-hmm. and the school was very small we had about 60 girls not in the residence hall mm. um i don't really say dorm because dorm stands for a place that you sleep right. in residence while you live, you reside there. Okay. And so um, we had about 60 girls or so that lived there. And the dean that year was a brand new dean. Um, however, I had been an RA in college um, at CUC okay. and been a leader on campus. Mm-hmm. And so it was something just for me to just, you know, roll into. But, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself because there's something I want to share real quick. When I went to CUC, I was 17. Mm. So when I got there, my parents didn't want us to work. They wanted us to focus on our studies. Mm-hmm. And my first semester, I was so bored out of my mind. Mm. And so I went, I started to look for a job. Mm. Um, there was, there was in, in, the, in the residence hall, there's a front desk job. And so I went to the dean. I spoke to her as a freshman, 17, mm. young freshman. And I told her I was looking for a job. And she said, well, there was a, there is a senior that's ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Um, he has more, you know, he, he's ahead of you to get the job, right. but I'm waiting for him to come back to speak to me. Right. So um, you need to check back with me by a certain, after a certain time um, to see how it goes, you know, if you can get this job or not. Mm-hmm. And um, I waited and I went before the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And asked the question. She said, um, it's not the time yet, <laughs> but you know, come back tomorrow. I said, okay, I'll be back. She said, okay. You know, and the okay was like, you're right. I'm set, you know, she's 17. Right. Um, she's really going to come back. Mm. And <laughs> it was right on the dot <laughs> after this young man was supposed to let her know. I was there. I was waiting outside her office. I went oh, to her wow. office. Uh-huh. And I said, so did he come back yet? <laughs> and she said, actually, no. And I'll tell you this, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. That's right. So, so the job is yours. Right. Wow. See? I didn't realize she, in talking to me about why I want a job, she interviewed me and I had no clue that it was an interview. 
So I had the job. So it was my first job in college. The second semester I started as first job. And from that job, um, I became the R- an army the next year mm. in the high school dorm that was on the campus at the time. Oh. So I was only a, a desk worker for one semester. Mm. Um, then the next year, I was I went over to the other to the other residence hall in the high school, mm. and worked lived and worked over there. Mm. And I was the same age as the seniors because I was still eighteen. Okay. And you know, getting respect from people at your age, it was it was interesting. <laughs> right. I did and. And the dean would leave us in charge of the of of the building if they had to go somewhere. We would be the ones that were in charge. Mm-hmm. Sign leaves, talk to parents, um, mm-hmm. sometimes the teachers in the school. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that. At the end of the year, we got a leadership certificate. Mm-hmm. So when I applied for to be a missionary, um, mm-hmm. at that time they were called task force positions. Mm-hmm. Um, I the only thing I knew basically was that was came natural to me was being a leader in the residence hall. Oh. So I became at Union Springs Academy um a task force dean. Oh, wow. wow. Yes. Wow. Wow. And so here I was now not just a student, but a task force dean. It was a head dean and myself. Oh wow. That was that was working. So we're the deans that were on duty, sharing wow. the on, on duty time. And when you, it doesn't matter if you have if you have 10 girls or, or 200 mm. or 1,000, the building has to run 24-7. Mm, right, right. And the deans have to make sure that building runs 24-7. Exactly. And there must be a dean on duty or on call at all times. Mm. So that year was an a, a eventful year for me. I learned quite a few things. We had girls that were, mind you, I graduated with a, with a bachelor's degree in psychology. Mm. We had girls that were suicidal. Mm. We had girls. We had girls that cut themselves. That were cutters. Mm. Um, that were that had eating disorders. And I'm 20, mm. graduated from college, right. and had all of that, all those things to do, wow. and uh, to to handle. Um, the good thing is though, um, I had a, a dean of a dean of girls that was very. It was her first year deaning, mm. and so she relied on me heavily. She talked with me a lot. She, you know, um. We, she was a guide actually, and she had two two grown adult um, young men, oh, and that were already in the working field. Mm-hmm. Um, her and then the the principal of the school, and in academies they have what's called faculty families, mm-hmm. where they split the kids up, especially the ones that are boarding academies, mm-hmm. and you have faculty staff members that kind of take them as small groups, mm-hmm. you know. So we'd have them over, we'd take them for a picnic sometimes, over to eat, have a Bible study. So I was paired up with the principal. Hmm. And all this time, God, now I look back, God was was really, um, he, God was grooming me and, and, and just guiding me in the path that he wanted to, not me not knowing. Right. So, you know, the, the, the principal and I became quite close. Her name was Judy Hodder. Um, and she... She she knew that it it could get I could get homesick, so she would get coming. She knows I'm from the islands, mm-hmm. so on Sabbath sometimes when it was you know when it wasn't cold because we had ice storms up there, mm-hmm. she would take me to the lake with her husband and we'd have a picnic by the lake. Mm-hmm. Um, she knew I was from the Caribbean, mm-hmm. and that would be something good for me just to hear the water, nice. just to read and talk and have a picnic, and it was really nice. And okay. so that was good. But God, at the end of the year though, 
I had to make a choice. Did I want to be a continue being a task force dean? Because I, you know, I got attached to my students, mm-hmm. and and my juniors are going to become seniors, and I would love to be there for them to graduate. Mm. Or did I want to go on to do my master's mm. at Andrews in counseling? Right. Um, well, at that time it was I wanted a school psychology major, and and so I prayed about it and prayed and prayed, but I was conflicted. I didn't know why. I just didn't know how to make the decision of where to go and what to do. Okay. And so I went to my my wise people in my life at the time. It was Judy Harder and Sue Walt. Judy Harder was a principal. Sue Walter was the dean of women, and she told me, um, the the. The dean of women just told me, girls just told me, you know, pray about it and keep praying and listen to God. But, you know, I was that time, at that time I was 21 now. Mm-hmm. And so I turned 21 and I thought, how do I hear God tell me what to do? Oh, wow. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. You know, I, yes, I've been a missionary person. I'm in America, but, you know, I felt, you know, I, my, I had to change my whole wardrobe. We had to wear skirts to church and, mm-hmm. and, didn't wear pants and all that. Even dressing, you know, jeans. <laughs> Forget those. Hmm. You had to have a certain decorum in the administration, administration building, in the classrooms, and all that. So hmm. I had to look professional all the hmm. time. And then now you're telling me, listen to God. What's He gonna say, and how is He gonna say it to me? Hmm. And and so I went to speak with Judy Harder, Mrs. Harder. And I said, Mrs. Harder, this is what I'm conflicted about. This is what I'm thinking. I don't know what to do. And she said, Shamro, what's, I said, I, I have the opportunity to go to do my master's. Um, I can apply or I can stay here for another year and, and be a ta- another year task force dean because I love it here. Mm-hmm. And she said, Shamro, have you prayed about it? Mm-hmm. I said, yes. But how do I know if it, that's what God wants me oh, to do? I prayed, but you know, I still have to. I still have to make a decision. She said, exactly. "Yes, because God gave us the gift of choice. Right. It's a gift, right? Mm-hmm. Right." And so you need to make that choice. I said, "Yes," but I could make a wrong choice. Mm. She said, "When you pray about things and God is in control, there are no wrong choices." Mm. And I said, "Huh? Really?" Wow. And she said, "Yeah. Once you've prayed about it, you've talked to God." You have a sense of where you need to be. You make the decision. I said, what if it's the wrong decision? She said, when God is in control of things, there is no wrong decision. Right. Whatever decision you make, mm-hmm. God's going to take that decision and weave it back into his master plan. Right. So I thought, oh, okay. I'll just make, so I said, okay. So I told her, well, I, make, I made a decision to go to grad school. So I went to Andrews um, that next year, mm-hmm. got there, you know, my, took my GREs, got there. And because my grad, undergraduate program was only three year undergraduate baccalaureate and not, not, a, not four years, they wanted to have my scores for my, my um, GREs weren't too bad, but they wanted me to have four years of undergrad. And so they told me, they said to me, either you take one more year of undergrad or you take extra credits that don't go towards your your degree mm-hmm. in graduate school. Mm. I looked at the lady who, um, <laughs> um, I could never forget her. Um, I can't remember her last name right now, but I know her first name, Leonore. 
And she said to me, I said to her, um, well, no, Dr. Brantley, you know, Brantley. And what's so interesting, friend out later, didn't know at the time I was talking, when I was speaking to her, her mother is Antiguan oh, okay. as well. Wow. Okay. The school there, but she said, I said to her, Dr. Brantley, I already graduated from college, undergrad. I'm not going back. <laughs> I'm going forward. Right. So if I have to take credits towards something else within mm-hmm. within the same school school of education, right. sex psychology, I'll do that because I can do that. She said, okay, well, you have to take an entire year and those credits are going to be wasted. I said, no, education is never wasted. Mm-hmm. And then she proceeded to tell me, well, on your application, it says school counseling. I said, no, I put school psychology. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to talk with people and counsel them. School psychologists, they do testing and, they, you know, it's a little bit more administrative. Mm-hmm. You do groups and that's what I want to do. I don't want to be a counselor. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, on here, that's what your handwriting put it as counseling. Now, I let you guys know, I could tell you, I promise you, I wrote school psychology. But mm-hmm. for some reason, the application said school counseling. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Not knowing oh. that God was in this too. Mm-hmm. So while I was, while I was, um, I, I said, okay, fine, I will do since school council is on the, is on the application and I'm, mm-hmm. I am accepted into the program, I will, and they accept me with probation thinking, oh, I'm not going to hack it, you know, mm-hmm. too young, you know, and so I got there because I only had it, I was short of an, another year of undergrad. Wow. So I said, okay, you want, you know, we are so rebellious as humans. And of course, I'm 21. <laughs> right. I said, okay, if you say school psychology, I'll take it. But the credits I want to get done um, for um, that will not go towards my degree, school, I want to do school psychology classes. Hmm. That was my way of saying I'm in control of things. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I know what I wrote on the paper. So I'm going to do this because in the back of my head, I thought, I'm going to do so good, I'm going to switch. Get oh, okay. Right. Hmm. That's what I thought, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'll show you guys. I can handle this. Well, my first semester, first quarter, because at that time, Andrews, I'm, I'm dating myself, and we were in the quarter system, <laughs> and I got a 3.7 GPA. Wow. And even on the graduate, I only had, I had only, and I'm very, I'm very transparent, so I don't mind even telling the world I had a 2.7 GPA in undergrad. And I was like, yes, I had a degree, and I was happy. Right. You know, but. My first quarter, I got a 3.7 GPA. Wow. The second quarter, I had a 4.0. Oh, oh wow. Look, you guys see? Mm-hmm. You said I couldn't, you know, I'm meant to be in school psychology. Mm. You know, the next quarter, I had a 3.8. So I said, oh, look, I'm an honor. And I thought, okay, it's all me. <laughs> yeah. right. My young mouse ticket is all me. No, no, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that last quarter, took some other classes and I figured out, you know, this is not what I want to do. Hmm. It had school psychology had too much politics and not realizing that I was a people person. Mm-hmm. I needed to have, be with people, with young people. Mm-hmm. That was what God was leading me into with in, in college when I was working with the high schoolers. Right. When, um, you know, task force dean in. Mm-hmm. And so God wanted me to do school counseling. So I said, okay, all right, God, I listen to you. And I did. And I, Entered that program the next year, and 
I graduated that program with honors and it was, mm-hmm. it was one, I mean, it was a wonderful experience while there. It was interesting enough that um, in order to be, to even see clients, because you have to see clients, you have to do a practicum, mm-hmm. internship, before you could see clients for your practicum, at Andrews, I had to actually go through, have a counselor mm. as well. Mm. And um, the counselor, um, she, and I'm thinking, why do I need to talk to somebody? No, I'm in school to become a school counselor. Okay. You need to talk to somebody? <laughs> But I was 21 years old, you know. Wow, yeah. By this time, actually, by this time, I was 21 going to, yeah. I was 21 at that time because I'm going to be 22. And I, you know, my young mind's not thinking, you know, not thinking past the now. Right, Mm. right. It's just think of what I want Mm -hmm. want right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not what God has in store for me later on. Right, yeah. Yeah, and so, so I went to the counseling and I was very... My, I was very, okay, I'm just here to talk to you, you know, mm. and she, you know, God put her, that lady in my life at that time. I didn't realize, but that council that, that it was, it was on campus, mm. her parents were Caribbean. Okay. And so she grew up in a Caribbean household. Right. And knew how us Caribbean kids were raised. Mm-hmm. And she knew she was not going to get a thing out of me. <laughs> I was not gonna say a word. Right, no. right, right. Yeah. Emotional intelligence, what's that? Right. <laughs> um talking about feelings, what is that? What is that? Mm. Exactly. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't gonna say anything to her that would, you know, if it was embarrassing to my family or family name, because that's important. Wasn't gonna say a word. Right, right. So she she had me draw out my lifeline. And everything that happened in all in my in my life from the time I was born till that age, she had me draw it on the paper, and I remember her going through it, and and um, and and everything that was something that was that was happy for me in my childhood. Mm-hmm. I put a yellow sun, and if I deemed it as something that wasn't as happy, I put a black sun. Mm. Okay. And she looked at paper, and not realizing I was telling my business, and I didn't know I was telling my business. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, when, so so even I had a I had a, a, a hernia when I was younger. I put that there, and I put a little the the medical cross there, you know. And mm-hmm. and so she's going. She said, "So what's this one?" I said, well, "That one we don't need to talk about." And it was mm-hmm. something that 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 you know had I didn't realize had had um, and I'm not going to talk go into all of it now. Right. It had impact in my life, and I didn't realize it. I just you know shrugged it off because. We don't talk about feelings going on. Right, yeah, right. So true. Yep. You know? And I, um, and so, but she wanted to talk about it. Mm. And I was going to let her know who was the boss. It was me. I wasn't going to talk about it. <laughs> and so, for then, and we only had to do eight sessions, just eight. Mm. I was in, we started in September. I didn't leave council until March, April the next year. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I went the entire school year. Oh, wow. Because as time went on, I had someone that it didn't matter who I was, mm. yeah. didn't matter what my last name was, yeah. who my parents were, yeah. didn't matter that I was Seventh Adventist. Yeah. You know, I could just talk and say what I had to say. Oh, wow. I could get everything off my chest. Mm-hmm. And I was just, just, and she, 
chat with me and 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 talk with me and she helped me through some things i had to process mm-hmm. and i remember one of them that it may not be heavy for some people it was heavy for me and i and she had me write a right with my left hand thinking what is she doing well she had that technique was for me to put my emotional and my um and my intellectual self together oh wow mm. because mm. a lot of times we're very split and you think about emotions not feel them mm. and so she had that i did that she did that with me and um and i that day when when she dealt with me it was a rough day and she knew it was going to be rough when i went back to when i went back to the residence hall and at that time i was now working in the residence hall there as um when i got there uh, it was interesting because god was still guiding me i was a leader by this time mm. and because when i got to andrews i wanted to be at the ra student dean and said no the dean said, well, we already picked our, our leader since last year. Hmm. Um, and so I said, okay, the next thing is desk. I know how to do that. Right. So I went to the dean and I in charge of desk and I said to her, um, I'd like to become a desk worker. She said, I've, I've hired all my desk workers. And I looked at her and I said, well, a wise dean once told me that squeaky wheel gets the oil. <laughs> so oh, I will be the squeaky wheel. And by the end of this week, you'll arm me with a job. No disrespect. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. He looked at me, and this is <laughs> Sharon Adams. She looked at me, and she she said, okay. There, there must be one way to put this. Order. Who are you? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> by the end of that week, this wheel got a job. Oh, wow. <laughs> because she had an opening because, you know, schedules change. Right. right. She had an right. opening. And because of I was a graduate, my schedule was much different from the undergrads. Exactly. Did she remember the call? The squeaky wheel. That's right. right. And I got the job. The, the, the squeaky wheel is called persistent. Yeah. It's called yes. persistent. Yeah. Yes. Important, right. And, I, and I, I, I went to work at the desk all year, you know. Meanwhile, doing my thing in school psychology and, you know, that, that first year and watch the RAs go to RA meetings and do night check and longing for that leadership position again. Mm-hmm. And um, all this meantime, meanwhile, going through my educational path and, and doing my counseling. Well, at the end of that year, when I was watching all my, this is my second year now, mm-hmm. when I was in my school counseling, watching all these girls go to their meetings with the, with the deans. And missing that because it becomes a family almost mm. when you become an RA and a student dean with the deans. Um, really supportive because you're a team in leadership and really supportive. And so I miss that, um, that that family away from home mm. that, I, that I had since my second year of, of college. Of college, right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I... Um, and so I applied to be a student dean because I was a grad student and I didn't want to be an RA. And I was already a task force dean. So Dean, um, it was Dean Francie Fainer. She's now Dr. Fainer. She's a VP at Andrews now. But she was a head dean back then. And she said, and I applied. Um, my interview went well. And I got the job to be an RA. Hmm. An RA on the freshman hall. Okay. Okay. Right. 
So, 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 for, so mm -hmm. for some of the viewers, explain what the RA is, what it stands well, for. Oh, I'm RA. sorry. Yes. It's a mm -hmm. resident assistant. And the resident assistant is just like a big sister, big brother in a men's dorm. And, and they're the ones that are the eyes and ears for the deans mm -hmm. and um, help residents through different things. You know, if they need, if we see a resident crying, a resident struggling, if resident's sick, if resident needs to be prayed with, mm -hmm. because they're only maybe only two to maybe four or five days, depending on the population of the school. Mm. But a resident assistant is usually one to a hall or right. two halls. Right. So you may have one to 15 rather than one to 200. Right. You know? Um, and so um, in, the, in the whole scheme of things, the deans really depend on the, on the residents assistance mm -hmm. um to in in just to build community on the hall it's you know in churches you have some churches have small groups right um or you know and those small groups are really important i know in my church yes on, on the campus of sun events university we have in and parishes we used to have parishes where um it, the pastor had the elders that had just smaller group of people mm -hmm. that they would really take care of you know mm -hmm. And um, and um, so you got to know the pastor. It's a big church with over three thousand members hmm. and six pastors, and you'd get to know the pa you know at least one pastor one on one. Mm -hmm. And so in the residence halls, the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, and people might think, oh, it's just it's nothing, but it, it's 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 a lot. Um, res the RAs really can are there for residents. I so I they hired me to be on a freshman hall. Now I was you know in my 21 year old mind. No, mm. I'm not. Now I was going to 22. And they mm. hired me to be, I'm a grass and they want to be an RA. I'm regressing. I don't go back. I go forward. Oh, wow. You know? And so I was very offended. Mm. Mm. So I went and I spoke to um, Dean Fainer. I, said, I went to office and spoke with her and I said, Dean Fainer, no disrespect. But I'm not here to go back. I'm here to go forward. Mm. I'm a grad student. So why are you putting me back with, with, to be a resident, and resident assistant on a hall with freshmen? That hall has bathrooms that you have to walk down to the hallway to use the bathroom. <laughs> and I am not ready for that. <laughs> uh -oh. wow. I have tried to be a student dean because student deans on, in that building, they have their own apartments in the building. Okay. I said... So, 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 you, know, so you, you wanted you wanted the big time right away. You're like, man, right. I've done this already. I've I'm, I'm, done that. I'm too big for this mm -hmm. now. Correct. Mm. Not realizing I was being humbled. Mm. And she said to me, said Shamro, um, there are there are five of you that applied, um, because they needed four. There are five of you that applied, and you got you have you have another year left. And the other young lady that's here, we want her to have that same leadership experience. Mm. And she's graduating, so we want her. And she was actually my friend, actually. Mm. That's why we hired her. Mm. And we felt we put you on, on, on a freshman hall because you had the skills. You could be there for the girls. You don't. You could be the big sister. Um, you will. You will take care of them like they're yours. Mm. And so we want you. We wanted you there. You have those skills. And I said, okay, mind you, I'd just been, you know, I've been a desk worker exactly. at the front desk. Exactly. Right. So I said, okay, fine. She sees something in me. I, I, 
I really looked up to her because she was, she is a stellar leader. Okay. And I said, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I took the position to be an RA and it was one of the best, best experiences I could have had. Amen. Oh, wow. See? And God was setting me up for what was to come. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And I'm not, and I didn't know. Right. So I was in the army that year with them, and that's when I went to my counseling, and I stayed the entire year. So it was a good thing. I had my counselor that year while I was in the army. Yeah. I had mm-hmm. my support system. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one day when I had my counseling appointment, I was hard. By this time now, I I I went back to my um, – I went to the dorm, and I had a hard time, so I went and I found a dean. And the dean that was on duty – um, her dean, Dean Phillips, she's she's now gone, um, and she she said to me, Shamro, what I was dealing with, I I thought, oh, this was rough, and she shared a verse with me, and this verse has become one of my favorite Bible verses. Mm-hmm. It's actually part of my testimony. It's it's Second Corinthians chapter one verses three to five. I'm reading from the NIV. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion Mm -hmm. and the God of all comfort, Mm -hmm. who comforts us in all of our troubles, so that when we can comfort those in any trouble with Mm -hmm. comfort we ourselves receive from God, for just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Mm -hmm. So basically, she said, Shama, whatever you're going through, you've gone through, God is going to bless you. Mm. God's going to use whatever you went through in your trials to comfort somebody else. Because yes. oh. you will know how that how to comfort them because you've right. been there. Right. And I said, light bulb, ding, okay. Mm. She said, don't look back at what mm. has happened to you. Because when you look back, you're just looking back. Exactly. Yep. yep. You're not she moving said, forward. No. Not moving she forward. Said, you look forward. Mm-hmm. And she did this. Because when you look forward, you also mm. look up. Oh. oh. And I went, okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know? Great counsel. And, yep. Yeah. And I said, she said, so you just look forward and look up. And whatever it is that, in that, that, that happened to you or or it's in your past. Mm-hmm. She said, use it to do God's work. And he will bless, he will bless you. Use it to God's work. And I said, okay. All right, thank you. So I graduated from, from Andrews with my mm-hmm. with my bachelor, with my master's in, in school counseling. Mm-hmm. And um, that year after I graduated, that year when I graduated, I graduated on a Sunday. And on the Monday, I had an interview. Oh, wow. wow. To be a dean at um, some other things that happened in the semester before, but to be a dean um, in California at La Sierra. Oh, okay. And you would not believe what that position was. It would be a dean in a freshman residence hall. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's your qualification. <laughs> wow. So, so God was just saying, okay, I am now right in your path. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm guiding you down the path I need to go. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. So I got hired there. I was there for, I was there for, for 
two years, no, three years. Mm-hmm. And when I was there, I was approached um, at one of our annual conferences to from another school, from my one of the past deans. He is now a VP at AUC okay. and, and Atlantic Union College, mm-hmm. which is now closed. And, um, and I went there um, to be a head dean. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. To be a head dean. Now, when I left, at, by the time I left Andrews, that year when I left, I was head student dean. Mm. I went from being an RA the next year to mm-hmm. be a student dean. Right. And before I became a student dean that summer, they asked to be head student dean. So now I had a, one administrative experience. Exactly. So, right. I, so I got hired to be de- dean of women at AUC. While at AUC, I started having some medical issues. I didn't think anything of it. I had um, I had a some numbness happening here mm. in my in my bottom left lip mm. and in my, on my left foot, mm. and on my left foot, just like little numbness. And not and you know, I'm young. I was still in my twenties. So I didn't think anything of it. Right. right. Just a little numbness. Mm-hmm. And then I moved. Um, I had. I had some other things happen at, at AUC. I had to get a, 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 they thought I had, I had a lump. And, um, and so I had to get a, a biopsy, a breast biopsy done. They had to take mm-hmm. that out. Mm-hmm. And that was the week I had to move, right before I had to move to be a dean here at Southern. Hmm. Oh, okay. So I had that done and it came back negative. It was not cancerous, thank the Lord. But, you know, everything, you know, people talk about, well, how do you have so much faith to go through all your things? Because <laughs> things, little things happen here and there. We often forget that those little things have to grow and build our faith. Yeah. Exactly. But not realizing I was building my faith, you know, I went in for a routine, um, a routine ultrasound. Um, they found a lump. I got the, I then right at the ultrasound, they had me go to take a mammogram. Mm-hmm. And then... I had to get a surgery to take it out. Wow. I was I remember leaving that that appointment from going from an ultrasound to a mammogram at the age of 20 um 27 no 20 28 crying. Mm-hmm. Cuz and I called my now husband. Um we were um we were we had we were we were talking when I was younger and then I left home and mm-hmm. And so um, we had, but we had connected again. Right. And so I called him crying about this, what's going on. And he's like, it's okay. He didn't, he was so far, he was already, he's in Antigua. Um, but I left there after surgery, had a surgery on, on, on Friday, <clears throat> slept all day, all day Sunday and no Saturday and drove down Sunday <clears throat> to Southern Okay. with wow. a friend. From wow. AUC, from AUC, yes. Wow. And got here and was welcomed in open arms, and um, you know, remember I had the lip happen and and it happened again. So while here, I saw my doctor here, and he sent me to get a nerve test done with a with a neurologist, mm-hmm. young neurologist. He did a nerve conduction test. It came back fine. Mm. Um. Things went on where I started to have headaches. So I thought it was just, you know, my, and that same general practitioner thought I had migraines. So it treated me for migraines. Hmm. And, um, okay. 
No one's put any dots together. Mm. Um, but then in 2011, we had a, a huge tornado here in our area. Okay. And I remember that when that tornado happened, um, I had, we, I was working like crazy. Um, it, that tornado hit Huntsville, where Oakwood is, is two and a half hours from here. Mm-hmm. And we had some kids from Antigua that drove all the way from, from Huntsville to here. And we had about 10 of them in our house that weekend after that big tornado. Mm-hmm. And I had started to have headaches. And so, um, but I was working really hard because I was the one that was putting things together. Right. And then all of a sudden, um, my headache, I had to, I was throwing up. Mm. Didn't know why. And Alwyn had taken the kids downtown to look at downtown. And, and I, it was, I went to the doctor Monday, blood pressure was fine. Everything seemed fine. That happened Monday. And by, by Wednesday night, Thursday morning, I was in surgery. We had a lot of faculty and staff mm-hmm. and even community members that lost their homes and everything to this tornado. Mm. So I was getting their food, what you know, placing them in place to stay in our apartments, trying to make sure they got their food stuff together. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, and I, my husband had told me that morning, you have to make sure you take care of yourself because you have a family. Right. I said, I am, I, I, I am looking out for my family because if anything were to happen to us, mm. I would want somebody to be there for us too. Exactly. Mm. And right. that, and we had just had that argument. I went to see because I was working a lot of hours mm. and I had a headache. Mm. I woke up in the middle of the night, went to use the restroom, looked at myself in the mirror, felt that, felt that in my head. I had what's called a thunderclap headache. Mm. I had a ruptured brain aneurysm. And right back here in my head. Wow. And um, I was apparently in and out of consciousness. But when I was conscious, I had it all together. I was talking. Uh, my poor husband, at the time, we had only been married for two and a half years. Our daughter was two weeks away from her first birthday. Mm. And um, she was sleeping in the room, in her, in her, in her room, and and we made it down the stairs and he's pacing back and forth. I can remember this. And I said to him, call the student dean because she was also one of Aliana's babysitters mm-hmm. and our daughter, the babysitter. And and she, she, it was in the middle, it was two o'clock in the morning and she woke up and she answered him. And she said later on, she had told, she said, I fell back asleep, but I felt someone call my name mm-hmm. and shake, get up. Dean Anthony has a headache huh. and she came and she's like, and her husband called me and this is weird. It's two o'clock. It's two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so she raced up to, to where we lived. Cause we didn't live on campus. We lived off campus and she just didn't know a minute up the road. And she came to the house. She came in the room. Now we train our staff members. If there's a man, she what to do. She was calm. My husband, I could see him walking back and forth. I can remember him. I just looked at her because I could know my husband doesn't know how to get to the hospital because, you know, he had just moved up, you know, when he had gotten married. Right. He doesn't know how to get down there. He doesn't know. He doesn't have any insurance cards. Right. I had been to some of the other hospitals. I knew we had to go to the hospital. So I looked at him at her and I said, call 911 now. Mm-hmm. I remember her call 911 and she didn't even ask. She just called. When they got me, they transferred me down to the hospital and, and they took me to the hospital that usually when they know people aren't going to survive, that's where they mm-hmm. take them to. 
Oh, wow. wow. I did not know this, but that's the hospital. I told them to take me to hmm. in my, because I had gone there for something. So they had my insurance paperwork. Oh, okay. Thinking, you know, you, when you become a wife and mother and you, 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 you take care of a home, I was hmm. still taking care of things. Right. And I'm the one that, that's, that's having a life threatening, not realizing. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I just mm. thought I had a headache. Mm. So they scanned me and they told me, you know, by the time I, my husband got there to the hospital and thank God he knew where to go. And he, and they said, you have a brain aneurysm, you're bleeding out. We have to get you to the other hospital downtown. Oh, wow. That night, the doc, the, 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 the surgeon that was on call was they call him the aneurysm guy. Mm. One, of the, one of the best ones at that time in the country mm-hmm. worked right here in downtown Chattanooga. Mm. And he was on call. So it wouldn't have mattered if I went to another hospital, they would have transferred me there and he was the one that would have done the surgery. Okay. And I had that, the brain aneurysm. And I was, yeah, I could have died, hmm. but I didn't. Before he we went into surgery, um, I came to again and he was, a doctor was there, the surgeon. And he said, um, we have to do this. I said, hold up. What are the, what are the, um, the pros and cons of brain surgery? Mm. And he said to me, how about we save your life first? And we talk about this later. I said, no, but wait, oh. <laughs> wait, Wow. I need to see your face because only God has seen his brain. And I haven't seen God yet, but if humans are gonna see this brain, I need to see your face. Wow. So That's so how so, so even even on your deathbed you have that little attitude, Shama. Yes, I did. Uh, yes, uh, I did. Uh, and my husband's there on this side, he said, Shamra. I said, No, 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 no. I need to see your face. He pulls down his surgical mask to here. And I only remember seeing it go to here. And I remember it coming back up. Mm. He did take it down. But I couldn't, I, I went out. Oh, you passed out. My mm. eyes were open, but my brain can't remember any of it. Wow. Yeah. I wasn't supposed to see his face either. Yeah. So, and right after that, he turned to my husband. The surgeon turned to my husband with all the other people around, because they already had the PAs and the other this. Mm-hmm. Turned to my husband and said to him, said to him, um, you can go ahead and pray before we go in. Mm. Oh. I wow. remember there, and I saw them all bow their heads. Oh wow! I couldn't see my husband because he was over here. And I had turned, and I, and then he said, "Okay." Let's, and then my husband prayed. Wow! And when he said, "Once he said, Amen," they rushed. I didn't close my eyes because I I was like the doctors are closing their eyes because mm-hmm. I had to look at them, and they rushed me in the in the door, and yeah, surgery. Wow! While in yeah, it was quite the surgery. While in surgery. They clipped the aneurysm. The doctor's checking everything over. And then another and then another artery right next to it popped in his hand. Ah. Wow. So you had to clean that blood up, clip that other artery. And that was a good artery. Oh my goodness. And and so um it popped right there and they clipped me up, sent me back to with the bone off, sent me back to the room. I had all sorts of tubes in me. Mm. Wow. Um, by this time, um, my sister had flown down from, on the first flight out, down from Maryland. She was here. 
Mm-hmm. So she told my husband, go home, go get some sleep. Really, how's he going to sleep? <laughs> go get some sleep. I'm here. You know, and then if we need you, come back down. Well, he came home and he later told my friend, our friend this, that he went to our bedroom that we had been in hours earlier. Mm-hmm. And um, he knelt down. He prayed and he begged God to save my life. Mm-hmm. And he just prayed and prayed. And he said, as he when he got up to go, when he got up, he felt like a sheet fall, like it's like it just you know when he, a sheet falls, right? And it falls on, and, it, and it just goes down. He felt like something hit his head, and he mm-hmm. felt peace, and just covered his entire body. Oh, my wow. husband laid down and fell asleep. Oh, okay. oh wow! Okay. So he said, "I don't know how long I was sleeping, but I felt rested." They okay. called him. They needed his permission because I was out of surgery by that time. But when they were doing their their neuro checks, um, one of my eyes was not responding. Oh my goodness! Dilating and contracting. I had had, I had had a stroke, a regular stroke. Oh wow! Because a brain aneurysm rupture is called a hemorrhagic stroke, mm. and I had had an ischemic stroke, a regular mm. stroke, mm. which actually should not should have killed me. <laughs> they put me. I had to go back into emergency surgery. He got ready. Went on to the hospital and thank God. See, I was in a team of people that student Dean who he had called up. Mm-hmm. She was Eliana's, she was Eliana's, um, her, um, her babysitter, but she stayed with Eliana the entire time. She never left the house. Wow. Okay. So we didn't have to worry about Eliana. Mm. She was taken care of. Right. Um, but yeah, we went down, they, they did the surgery. They took my bone off my brain mm. and then they had tubes because between our brain and our, and our skull, mm. we have um, fluid. fluid. Right. Yeah. And um, they had to have now drains. I had to drain that fluid out. Mm-hmm. That fluid has to be so exact. Mm-hmm. It has to be precise. Yeah. You can't have too much. Yeah. You can't have too little. Wow. Exactly. And so they had to put that drain in. And so, and I, you know, I was out. I was in. I was intubated, and I was out. The machine was having me breathe everything, and mm. and then I could breathe on my own. But and then by that time, my mom had flew in from Antigua, mm. and because they had moved back to Antigua, and I was in years. Right. And um, she, I woke up to her. She just said, "Shami, mommy's here. Wake up!" I remember, mm. and I woke up. Mm-hmm. And they had told they had told them that I would either lo- lose my long term memory or my short term memory. They weren't sure hmm. which one. And it was my, it was my, and so with me remembering my mom and some other things, they figured sure. it was my short term memory. I was in the in the ICU for three months, for one month, sorry, one month. Mm-hmm. And on the third week, um, I had a cold blue. Oh. Yes. Whoa. A code blue. Wow. And uh, yeah, I have no clue why, um, but I did. Wow. And I'm here today. Wow. And a week later, they moved me to um, to to a uh, to before I went to rehab, I had to go to the newer floor. On that mm-hmm. newer floor, I remember 
there was a curtain and I remember the nurse giving another young lady, another nurse instructions. Now, as a dean, I remember all my students. I remember a lot of my students, especially when I have to do things with them one on one. I okay. heard this voice. I heard a voice, the voice talking. Mm-hmm. This young lady that was um, talking, I said, and I said her name. I said, Janelle Noseworthy, is that you? Mm. In my dean voice. She's like, yes. <laughs> okay. I could hear her. Right. Yeah. I said, Janelle. And she's like, she opened the curtain. And she said, Dean. Mm. I said, Hi. <laughs> mm. She said, This is you? Because I had got, she was there before I got married. She's oh, my okay. before I got married. Uh-huh. So right. she knew me as Otto. Okay. Dean Otto. So now she sees Anthony. She had no clue it was me. Oh, okay. Got you. And I said to her, I said, Yes, Janelle. She said, Dean, this is actually you. This is your chart? I said, yes, that's me. She said, now, Dean, after we talked a little bit, she said, see, you see why we need to treat your students good when they're with you? Because you never know when you have to take care of you. Right. <laughs> yeah, see? I know. Right. You never know. You know right? Yeah, but this young lady had, she had issues with, with noise, and she wanted to be a nurse so bad. Mm. And, um, and she said, I am going to be a nurse. I said, yes, you are. Mm-hmm. And there she was a nurse taking care of me. She said, wow. I'm charged nurse tonight, Dean. Oh. And don't worry, I have a good one for you. Wow. I said, okay. So that was the only time that she was my nurse that night. Mm. Then the next day I went to rehab. I was in rehab for a month, inpatient rehab. Mm. And then I was in outpatient rehab for at home for two months. Mm-hmm. And then six more months now um, I'm going to the outpatient. Oh. Yes. Right. Um, during this time, I had, I started... I started to have, a, I had a seizure hmm. and that was the first seizure of many. Hmm. And that seizure, um, it's, it was right in front of my husband and thank Lord he knew what to do because he was CPR trained Okay. and all that training, first aid trained, so he knew what to do. Call 911 and even after the seizure, when he was talking to the lady, it was a complex partial seizure, so it wasn't a full grandma seizure. Um, he couldn't even remember our address. Hmm. So I started telling him the address right. that come, where I was at because it was only on a certain part of my brain. This the left side of your brain is your tox is your speech center. My all my brain stuff was on my right side of my brain. Oh. So I answered and I was breathing and they they took because I had you know I had just I had been a patient two months earlier. Mm. in the you know with a ruptured brain aneurysm and a regular stroke i had to go into the to the um to the to the er and um they definitely told me what it was and 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 then they found figured out that after that i had to see i wanted to see the the new newer surgeon because i hadn't been able to move my hand when i left mm-hmm. when i left all those therapy, the inpatient, and then the the home. Mm-hmm. I, couldn't, this is, I, I couldn't move my hand. So this is September. Hmm. I couldn't move my hand. I couldn't move my arm. I was dragging my left foot. And no amount of therapy would make it work. Oh, wow. And I would tell my hand, move, move. Mm. And so one Friday night, I just, I was at my rope's end. What else could I do? Everyone's praying for me. It's not working. So I said, God, 
I need you to prove, like you prove yourself to my family, my friends, my students, when they prayed, and my husband, and I'm alive. So you need to prove yourself to me and move. I was I was lying on lying and my hand was like this, and move my hand. Mm. Before I could even say amen, my hand went like this. Mm. Right. Wow. And I went, okay, that was quick. Wow. Thank you. Um, this was after the after the that I had the um the seizure. Mm-hmm. And um the doctor had um, met with me. And he had said what had happened was I had a little swelling on my brain. So he'd give me some pills. And those pills weren't supposed to work until next week. I started to see movement. Didn't work. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I, so I had to wait a week for my hand to move. So I prayed to God. The humans, were, the, the surgeon who saved my life wasn't making my hand move. Mm. So... Mm. God moved my hand. The next morning, I went downstairs. I was walking, but, you know, dragging my leg. I walked down the stairs. You know, they had installed on this campus. They had, they had when I was in, in rehab, in the ICU rehab, they had gone to our home and installed more bars for me hmm. in the bathroom, going up the stairs that were stronger, that could help me with my rehab mm-hmm. to even get into the house for me to hold on to. Wow. Um, I was taken care of so well, and I, um, and I, it's just God was just showing Himself. Mm-hmm. I remember I told my husband I was doing what I had to do to help people, because you never know when we would need help. Right, right. When we got home, my mother was. We had so many people. They had a food train. She, we had so much food. Hmm. She wow. had to start sharing food with some of my coworkers because wow. it was the same dishes and there was lots of it. Yes. So God was just blessing us in abundance. Yes, I was still, I wasn't all there. What the doctor found out though, that my back here, the um, we have a drain that drains the fluid into our spinal cord. Mm. And the one back here is gone. On my right side, it's totally gone. Because oh, wow. when, when the aneurysm ruptures, blood supplies your brain with oxygen. Right. Mm-hmm. But if it gets into the fluid, it liquefies the brain. So, and so I have parts of my brain on this side that just don't exist. Mm-hmm. When you look at the scan, it just looks black. Gray matter, when you see gray, that's good brain. When it's black, not good. So I have that there in the back of my head. And he said, I'm going to put this shunt in. This shunt in into your brain. It's going to drain your brain into your belly. And and um, the brain, because it was swelling. And then I'm going to be able to put your bone back on. I said, okay. Praise God. And then. I'm thinking, and I told him, and then I have no more seizures. He said, well, don't go there yet, because I'm thinking no more seizures. Mm-hmm. But the more you open someone's brain, is the more you invite seizures. Exactly. Wow. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought I was going to be healed. I was going to be good. Everything's going to be great. Healing is not just about the physical healing. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. And I, um, the next six months, I got my bone back. Yes. 
six months ahead of schedule because they were going to wait six months for my brain for the, the fluid to go down. Mm-hmm. But because my brother told, called me, he said, Shamra, that seizure was not just a seizure. That seizure was to show the doctor that you needed to have that shunt. Hmm. Oh. Mm. Because that, that could put pressure on your brain, you know, the, the fluid, mm-hmm. if it doesn't go down. You need to have that shunt so you could get your bone back. Hmm. They had my bone in the refrigerator in the operating room. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they had taken this all off. Mm. Wow. And so, um, so yeah, the next six months were rough. I, saw, I had a seizure once a, once, once a month for 10 months. Oh, my goodness. And within the six months after the three or four months after the thing, I had a blood clot. Hmm. The blood clot actually started before I left the ICU. I remember my nurse looking here and she said, it looks weird. That's where my central line was. Mm-hmm. And she had them putting a pick line. Mm-hmm. And when I moved to that, when I moved over to the rehab, it was all black and blue here. Mm-hmm. And all sorts of colors in my arm. The blood clot went down in my juggler vein did not go into my heart or lungs. It turned left, went on the hair, and it went into my arm. Wow. Wow. In in your veins, there are valves that open and close, oh open God. for the bad blood to go yep. back to the heart to get clean, mm-hmm. and closes back so bad blood doesn't come back. Mm-hmm. Well, this blood clot went against the blood flow <laughs> away from my heart. Wow. Ooh. I said to this one, the surgeon said, now, is that a miracle? He said, yes, I think so. That's God, the surgeon. Oh, wow. Okay. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Come to find out the surgeon who did my surgery, um, he, he is, he does missionary work. Mm. He was a, he's a Christian. Mm. Um, So when I was getting Thanksgiving that year, I invited him to come do my, my, I was going to do a testimony in church here. And he was so excited because, you know, his patient was going to do a testimony because within truly, they had given me 48 hours. They didn't think I was going to live after the second stroke. So all this time now I'm getting, I have anxiety. Mm. I'm having seizures. Mm. Um, I had to go back to now to neurologist for the seizures. And guess which neurologist I went back to? The same one that had done the nerve conduction test. Mm-hmm. He saw me. He saw. He looked at the um, the the, the notes. I re- he didn't say it, but I recognized his face. I said, "Yes, I'm her." <laughs> wow, I'm the one. Right. He said, "You had a giant aneurysm." Hmm. I said, "Yeah, we didn't catch it." So when I brought it up to my surgeon, he said, "Because the wrong test was done." They did an MRI on you. You need to get an MRA with the with the contrast dye. Contrast dye, yeah. Mm. You know, and people said to me, why are you going back to your same doctors? Why would you go back to the same general practitioner and the same neuro, neuro, neurologist? I said, because guess what? I'm going to get the best care. Exactly. Right. I said, my general practitioner, he met with my sister when I was sick, and my sister said he was almost in tears with because. He, we go to church together, you know. Right. He's also the mm. general practitioner for the campus. Mm. And he saw me that week. And he didn't see the signs. A lot of doctors missed the signs. Mm. And I said to him, I said, you know what? I release you. I said, this had nothing to do with you. 
Hmm. I said, whatever goes on, God's going to weave it back into his plan. Exactly. I said, you're human. This By this time now, I had read things. Or people had read things to me. Hmm. A part of my... The reason why I have so much faith, when I left the hospital, I loved to read before all of this. Hmm. It went back then. But at that time, the only thing I could read, the only thing at that time when I was in that year I could read was the Bible. Oh, wow. I could read, but in order for you to read, you have to be able to comprehend. Right. In order to comprehend, you have to remember what you read before. Right. I would move from one line to the next, and it would be, I couldn't remember mm. what I read before, so I couldn't comprehend things. Oh, wow. But the only thing I could comprehend and remember was the Word of God. Wow. Amazing. So I read my Bible. The most I've ever read my Bible in my life, my young life. Because hmm. that's the one thing I could do. I was just reading and reading. I, and I looked at that verse where they said, God will only give you, God will give you no more than you can bear. I couldn't right. find it anywhere in the Bible. Right. I read it from cover to cover. There are things that you could paraphrase, but they, those exact words aren't there. Right. Hmm. And, I, I, and I looked at Job and I said, well, I'm a modern day Job. Because hmm. what more can happen? Well, not knowing I was suicidal, I was depressed, I had anxiety. Oh, wow. And when people think people are suicidal, they think, well, they know they're suicidal. No, I was as a counselor, not realizing that I was, because rational thoughts are not really, the irrational thoughts seem to be rational. Mm -hmm. Like I told, I even was telling my family, my, I had a, 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 psycholog a, a newer psycho a psychologist, mm. and I said, I want to go to a nursing home. I was giving up in yes. Oh. I had one picked out. I had it picked out. Oh my goodness. Wow. And not realizing I was depressed. And my neurologist said, Oh no, you are going to go home. I said, Well, do I have to go back to work? And I love being a dean. I said to, I was I said, I don't want to go back to work. Oh wow. I said, I need to stay, I need to no, I, I can't. He said, No, you're going back to work. You have to have the mental stimulation and you're young. You have a family to take care of. You have a family to live for. You have a husband. No. Nope. You're going to go back to work. Wow. Because mm. apparently at some point in time, I had told him how much about Dean and all that kind of stuff. I'd, we'd had this conversation. Mm. And not realizing that everyone who I met, it was a testimony. Hmm. I was a walking, living testimony. Right, right. And even to my doctors and, and my neurologist, he's Muslim. We've had conversations about his Muslim faith, mm -hmm. um, my, Adventist, my Adventist faith, mm -hmm. my Christian faith, and, and he respects Seventh Adventist so much. Wow. And we would talk about, we've had conversations, and he said, you have to go, you, you're going to, you have to do this. I said to my doctor, I said, there was something that came up that I read that people, one out of 18 people have an aneurysm. 50% hmm. of those people who survive, 15% mm -hmm. of those people survive mm -hmm. um, that first initial. But of those 50%, 15% that survive, 
only 50% of them leave the hospital life within the first month. Oh, wow. wow. And then within that first year after this charge or, you know, they're convalescing, only 30% survive. Oh, my goodness. So I thought within that first year, I have a few more months where I could potentially die. <sighs> I didn't tell my family this. Mm-hmm. But I told my I, I told my psychologist, she said, Shamra, you'll be just fine. Those mm. people only die. They die because they take their lives. Oh, oh wow. They don't okay. die. Right. They don't die from medical. I was like, what? So I look back at that and I'm thinking, more people die after they leave the hospital because they take their lives. Mm. Then actual physical aneurysm and and those things that happen, mm-hmm. you know that those percentages were mind boggling to me. Mm. She said, "You are going to be fine. Yes, there are things that you have to work with and you live with, but you have a support system, a family system. You have a huge. You have you have your your Bible. You have prayer." This is a psychologist mm. tell me this. Wow. Wow. There were studies being done in in um in California time on the West Coast about prayer and reading the Bible and what it does to the brain. Oh wow. Because I said, Am I crazy? Because I felt like if I was gonna have a seizure and it didn't come. Mm. And I was praying and praying, I started reading the Bible. She said, There's something that happens to the brain when you read your Bible and you pray. Wow. Wow. It creates new pathways. Yeah. Amen. And she said, you will be fine. I have no clue if she's a Christian. But I said, you know, people think I'm I'm crazy when I say this, but I've actually felt, because before you get a seizure, there's a, something called an aura. Mm-hmm. And you may, you have to know what it is. Some people may not know, but I knew when it was going to come. And I've sent it coming. And let me tell you, I have a prayer. I was anointed on May 4th, 2012. Mm-hmm. And on May, and on May, um, May, oh boy. And then May 6th, 2012, I had a major seizure. Mm. It was a grand mal seizure. And that was a big, and I thought, what? Why? You know, I thought I was healed, mm. but that wasn't the point. You know, mm, right. the healing wasn't just right then and there. The healing was about the rest of me mm. and mm. my physical, my emotional, my emotional sense. You know, I had to learn how to walk again. Mm. I had to learn how to do a lot of things again. Right. Um, and my faith and all that happened. I went through all that happened before, before I, I got to Southern for a reason. God had placed people in my life along the way. Yeah. And we miss those things so many times that we have to, you know, we we, we don't write things down and we don't think that's impactful. Right. When my dean told me, my first dean told me, the squeaky wheel gets oil. Mm -hmm. My other dean told me about the the comfort verses. Right. Yep. You know, Dean Fano, who didn't hire me to be a student dean, Hired me to be an RA mm-hmm. and told him just to wait, wait on God. When my when Judy Harder told me that I needed to pray and leave it to God and he will 
he will make that road. He will put it into his path, right. his own path. They will all give me all those things. When I got sick, I mean, I grew up with a praying, with a praying, praying parents, you know, um, a praying mother. And when, when my mom came, she came and she said, Tess Shema, I don't care what else you do in here. Pray morning, noon, and night. Wow. If you fall asleep, when you get up, pray. This is mm -hmm. when I was in the ICU. Right. Just pray. She said, pray for the nurses, pray for the doctors. Doesn't matter what you do, just pray. Hmm. And that's all I did was pray. I started to pray with my nurses that were taking care of me. They used to they used to have an argument who was going to take care of me in the ICU. Mm. <laughs> who who uh, would get assigned to me? Right. You yeah, know, well, but I used, to pray, I used to mm. yeah. I used to pray with my nurses. Mm. You know, especially the ones that bathed me. Right. Um, because they were taking care of me, and not knowing why, but my all I knew, my mom told me to pray. Mm -hmm. So to this day, I said, pray. and in my job here at Southern, um, everything I've gone through, I've actually now thanked God for my, for me almost dying. Mm. One and wow. once. Wow. Because I've been suicidal. I know how it feels. Mm. It's, it's not, and it's, it's irrational, literally. You think it's actually okay. Right. Mm. I've been depressed. I've had anxiety. I've taken anxiety medication. Now I don't take any. They had to take me off because it was making my blood pressure go down too low. Okay. Um, I've had, actually had a started feeling anxious. And the prayer that, that, that the pastor prayed for me, for my anointing, she's, I have it on my phone. Mm -hmm. I shared it with other people. I read that prayer. I, was in, we, I know we were eating and I didn't have my, my anxiety pill with me. Hmm. And I read that prayer. By the time I was done, the feelings were gone. Wow. You know, um, I'm not saying that pills don't work because I needed those pills at that time. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but they, they, for me, from what my circumstance, I didn't need the pills for the rest of my life. Right. Oh, wow. Some people may have to use them because that's what God has put in their path. And right. it was. Mm -hmm. right, right. Now, today, I still take pills and not for, not for, not for anxiety. But they're for seizures. Mm. I can, I walk around with it, and I, I it's okay with me. It's a conversation starter. <laughs> I used to take, I used to take twenty five pills at one point. Now I'm down to seventeen. Wow. Oh wow. Okay. You're, you're... I, I, well, well, seventeen now because I take a lot more. Um, with COVID going around, I take a lot more. Um, vitamins. Okay. Um, but before that, um, they're like two less. Wow. <laughs> um. But every step of the I I I'll, I'm in a meeting on campus. I sit down and I put my I put my pills on the table discreetly uh -huh. by the water, uh -huh. and, you know behind a book. But by then the my past present would know what that pills were for. For I remember one meeting I went to, he said, "Sure, I'm no food today." I said, "It's not pill time yet." <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was a running joke. Right, right, right. No, but these are people who prayed for me. They prayed mm -hmm. for me to. I was in the in the ICU and the president came to the hospital and the nurse said to me, who are you? It was a black lady, a black nurse. I called her my nurse angel. Mm -hmm. She said, who are you? This is when I was depressed. Hmm. And I said, no one. She said, no, you have to be somebody. Wow. She said, there are, the president of your university came to visit you. Oh, wow. And his wife. 
Okay. Your the vice president came to visit you. You have all these cards here and this big thing with all these signatures. Who are you at your where you work? I said, I am just a dean. <laughs> wow. She mm. said, Okay. You know, she said, You cannot sit here and be depressed in this bed. I was actually suicidal in the, in the that's where I was in the ICU. Oh. And and she realized I didn't want to brush my teeth. Mm. And she had this long conversation with me. She said, you cannot be the, no, 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 no. You have too many people you have to live for. So snap out of it. Wow. That's what she told me. Wow. You will brush your teeth and you're going to survive this. Amen. And so, you know, I have to think God puts people along the way to help people through. Yes. But sometimes we are so guarded. Mm. And we don't want to accept. And I remember one of my friends in grad school would tell me, at Andrews, she said, her father was a pastor. I never sing the song, Humble Thyself in the Sight of the Lord. Because I really don't. She said, Shamra, I don't want to feel what, what, what it's like to be humbled. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow. So she doesn't sing that song. I'm not sure now she's older, but this is when we were in our early 20s. Mm-hmm. You know? But... For me, I'm like, thank you, God. When these girls are here having their panic attacks, mm. I know how to. I know. I know. I have knowledge of how to help them through. Yes. And when I need hope, I can give them hope. Right? Yes. You know, because yes, I survived, and yes, some people die. Yeah. But I have a different idea of death. Mm. Death may not be. It's is for the people who are living not to suffer anymore. Mm. Or for the care- caregivers not to suffer anymore. Mm. And that might be hard to hear, but I have suffered mm. a long time. I remember watching um the what's the um the Bible verse um that <laughs> God take heed, God has has overcome the world. I can't remember the, the entire verse. Um we go we will he said, in this world, you will have tr- um, you, um, you will have trouble, will, but you may have peace. Ah. Yes. Take yes. heed, for I have overcome the world. Amen. My co-workers, deans, brought me this beautiful painting with an angel with that Bible verse. And she was an angel who just, just like me. And she had a broken wing. She was crunched like this. Mm. But that verse was on there. We will have trouble. Will. That's guaranteed. guaranteed. But we may have peace. Because we have to ask God for that peace. Oh, that peace. Yes. We have to invite that peace. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We have to just, just you know... Be in that space of peace. Like how my husband had peace. God takes care of us when we not we least expect it. My mom was on her way to see me. She had no clue if I was gonna find me dead or alive. Hmm. When she went through immigration, she told the immigration officer why she was coming. Mm-hmm. He looked at her and he said, Don't worry, your daughter's gonna be just fine. Hmm. She looked at him. He said I had an aneurysm too. I ruptured aneurysm too. Do you see? Oh wow, wow! Same, wow. same side of his head as mine. Wow. Do you, you know you can't see it here, but because I cover it, but it looks a little different. 
Yeah. My head where the boat was off. He said, you see, I had one too, a few years back. And look at me now. Your daughter's going to be just okay. That's that's the Lord using somebody. Somebody yes. else. To be an angel. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So a Bible verse that my dean told me, Andrew, is that God comforts you in your times of trials. Mm. So one day, when somebody is going through it, you'll be able to comfort somebody else. Amen. Exactly. Exactly. Imagine if we all did that I as Christians. Imagine. Yep. Imagine if we did that. Yeah. Less people would die yeah. from suicide, mm. from from just feeling despair. Yes. Because mm. we're not thinking about ourselves first. Mm. We're not thinking about, oh, what is somebody gonna think about me? Mm. Our family names. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that sometimes can be culture, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and not just culture in terms of of culture as us being Caribbean or cultures from from Europe or from Africa or from Asia. It could be Christian culture, Christian culture, yeah, mm-hmm. Adventist culture too. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. that we're gonna hide things, yeah, who the rest of the world doesn't know. The Bible is about telling people everything, everything. Everything. The, the book of testimonies. Yeah. Yep. So that we can help comfort each other through our trials. Yes, yes, yes. Jo- we could have not known about Job, but <laughs> we do. Right. Yep. Or Lot's wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he lost his wife. Mm-hmm. But who do we know more about? Who do we think about more, Lot or his wife? Mm-hmm. I tell my girls all the time, God, we talk about Lot. Lot's wife. She turned into salt. Yes. Then we go into the New Testament and God tells us to be the salt. Yep. <laughs> wow. The salt yep. and the light. Because Lot was a light and his wife was a salt. She was salty. Remember her? Mm. He tells us to be salty and to be the light. What if we didn't have those testimonies from the Bible? Mm. You know? So... I'm a walking, living, I, I mean, now I don't even care. This lady was beside herself in a, in a, in a restaurant. She lost her. I think someone stole her wallet. Mm-hmm. I said, ma'am, I'm so sorry for you. Are you a Christian? Or do you mind me praying with you? She said, no, don't, you don't have to pray with me, but can you pray for me? Okay. I said, no, no problem. Right. And I bowed my head. I prayed real quick. She said, thank you so very much. I have no clue she found, but... Why not live, live, live like a Christian, Amen. walk in it. Amen. And don't be ashamed of, of our trials. Amen. Amen. I mean, you uh, don't have to tell everybody your business, but you know, you can be there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's my life story. I am still, I still take pills. <laughs> I thought I was going to be 100% healed. Oh. <laughs> I am healed. But I'm with God. I still have to take my pills. Yeah. And I have and and to be honest with you, I could die at any time. Yeah. Yeah. We all can. We all I have two clips in my brain, two. If those clips get undone, one of the doctors have told me, you, you probably won't survive. Wow. But do I walk around thinking I can die today? Yeah. I can die in the, in the next minute? No. no. I live. Amen. Amen. Jesus knew he was gonna die for us. And in the time he lived, he yes. knew that what he was doing could have gotten him killed, mm. but he lived. 
and he did it and he shared it mm-hmm. and he didn't do it putting people down he didn't lifting people up right people up. Yeah. Amen. so i young people every step of the way god has placed people in their life in in your and i'll just say it, in your life not just young even my parents yeah. um for older you know our family has been through lots of stuff my i've had aunts who've an aunt who had cancer i was on a flight down to go visit her right there in orlando she had come from from antigua mm-hmm. and pray with them talk with them because they helped me through my time mm-hmm. so it's my turn to help them through help her through her time yeah. and you know that's okay that's what we're there for to help people through we know those experiences yes and so um for all of us young or old we need to rely on each other more hmm. and in our church man imagine what we could do yes so Amen. that's my life wow. i know it took a long time you're gonna have to be cutting things out <laughs> No, we don't. We don't. Yeah. We don't cut things in my testimony. In my testimony, my testimony is flow. is legit, just as it is. <laughs> okay, well that's uh, me. So we're, gonna, we're gonna wrap up now. Yeah, we're, we're gonna wrap up now. But but Shama, thank you amazing, so much. Amazing, amazing. With your amazing. journey, yeah. And um, you know, uh, she, she's my family. You know, she's my yeah. cousin. My cousin Inla. In uh, wow. We'll we'll we'll, we'll tell them next time how that happened. I know, right? <laughs> we're not gonna get into that details right <laughs> no. now, but uh, yeah. but we are um, we're blessed to have you in our life. Absolutely. And um, you're of course this the is dean, my dean on campus. The dean on campus. My daughter. Yes, for, yeah, for our daughter yeah. who is at Southern. And uh, we do appreciate you and your yeah. family, you and your husband, Ardwin. You know, when we come up, um, good food. Woo. Yeah, it's always a place to come to, <laughs> yeah. and we just fellowship together. Yeah. yeah. So, when the students when the students see us, they think of food. Yes. I know, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So, so thank you so much again. Yeah. Um, give all, all with all, our regards and, and your daughter. I will. And, um, you know, it's a pleasure to have you yeah. in my testimony. Yeah. And, um, you thank know, you. Until, yes. until we see each other again, mm-hmm. until we come yes. back up. All right. So, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Yeah. Yes, for sure. For sure. So, don't even right. pray to I'm take us over. pray to end. Yeah. Okay. Loving Father, you just know so many things that need to be spoken about. Mm-hmm. And you send us testimonies that touch our lives in such a way that we to see how your hand just moves so amazingly. Yes. From every single person that we come in contact with mm-hmm. and everyone that we get to see a little glimpse of you and the way that you prepare us for the next stage of our life. Mm-hmm. I thank you for Shamra because she does an amazing job on that campus. Yes. And the way that she's been through so much that has prepared her for the work that she does right now. Mm-hmm. And I ask that you continue to be with her and her family, continue to help her with the many different challenges that she has daily, that you continue to encourage her and show her that the work that she has to do for you is a continual thing that she does daily. And be Mm -hmm. with us all, God. Mm -hmm. Help us all to understand, as she said already, that if we just listen to you and just are able to take the steps that you give us, 
that we can reach so many people so that others that are hurting will get to know more about you mm-hmm. and truly be ready to meet you. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Amen. All right, cause I'll see Thank you around, you so man. Much. Yeah. Yes. See you when I come up, man. And I know. Yeah. Tell, <laughs> yes. tell, tell Teddy to get the pot on the stove, man. You know, we'll be cooking. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, there's always so, food in this house. And even if we don't have it, we I, have stuff in the fridge. I, I, I know. I know. I know. I know. We're just, we're just giving the viewers a glimpse of how we do it. How we, we get together. How we get there. How we get together. <laughs> <laughs> Now you guys know why we're always driving up to Tennessee. To Tennessee, right? right? <laughs> everybody, I mean, and I do the vegan and he does a not yep. vegan. With yeah, I know, right? Yep. So. Awesome. All right, then. So we'll see you soon. Okay, take care. All right. Thank All you. Right. Bye.